I really spent a half a million on the house for granted. I'm really out here dancing. I'm really not romantic. I really got that petty. Hey, hey, I really know it's Eddie. Yo, what's up, man? We're back. It's first smoke of the day. It's your boy Pat God's here. I'm here with Blackleaf. Brought on the shades today. I don't know what this man's doing. Today. It's the player episode, bro. We're down in downtown. Uh, we got the big homie, the OG homie on. So, yo, Ether in the building, man. We're at the Sipling showroom. Thank you for joining us, bro. Thanks Thank for, you having, for us. having me, brother. Thanks for letting us come through, man, and say anytime, what up. Anytime, anytime. Absolutely. Eldar, lead it off, man. You know, we, we've known Ether for a long time. We have. I mean, we used to do shows and pop-ups at uh, big events, and there'd be some stank, some fire-ass herb, and it was like a rare strain that you would rarely see and rarely smell, and the homie was always repping, and then always had a dope-ass clothing line uh, with fresh herb that was smacking. Uh, we're talking that Platinum Genetics line, that Platinum Widow, uh, platinum tangy. I mean, anything with that platinum widow and it's just been gnarly. And then the clothing line too. And I mean, there's a long story and a long history besides that music, uh, art collabs with well-known artists collabs with well-known vinyl figurines. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's that's, that's why we're here today. Absolutely, man. I'm just old. (laughs) (laughs) OG, OG. Uh, getting there, shit. So, nah. so born, born and raised out here. Yeah, so born, born and raised in Southern California, mainly nine hundred nine area. Ie, you know. Ie boys. Chino, Pomona, area, surrounding areas. You know, but I've been out. I've been running around here downtown LA, shit, twenty plus years, just doing the clothing. You know what I mean? It's coming to the fashion district years ago, years oh, ago. Yeah. So, pretty much a downtown LA veteran. Clothing business is a tough business. Oh, yeah. A lot of people, like, even if they see you successful, they think you blew up, like, overnight. I know, and it takes years before you even start to make money, you know? Everything just goes right back into it, pretty much. Sounds like business. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like business. Sounds like having a brand. Right? Um, What was it like, man, growing up in the 909? Shit. It was dope, man, because it's like, just Southern California period, you know, like I, I'm right by the mountains, right by the beach, not too far from the city, you know what I mean? So kind of have like the best of all worlds, to be honest, you know, best weed eventually, you know what I mean? But like anybody else, probably my age started with the friggin', you know, seeds and stems, friggin', stress weed from Mexico, friggin'. Did it? Yeah, oh, for sure. First time smoking White was- mold, all that shit on it probably, you know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking PVC tube with the fucking socket wrench bowl. Fucking gravity bongs with the fucking socket wrench bowl. I've had it all from the worst to the best, dude. For sure. What was your your first time smoking? Like junior high, like seventh grade. Like, uh, I remember someone gave me so I I don't know if someone gave it to me or I, I bought it from them but it was just like a little bit of shake in like the corner of a bag with like some seeds and stems and like I was able to get enough like shake out of that bag to like smoke one bowl you know I just remember like it burning my throat so bad like this is how it is like just hitting it and just feeling like my throat was on fire you know probably why I sound like this <laughs> too, too much yeah too much of the stress too much of the stress dude Bro, honestly that was only a couple of years we we'd evolved pretty quickly after that like you know what i mean like because even I think for my first time smoking weed was probably like around 95 and then by like i would say like late 90s 
I was already seeing like the best weed, you know, at the time, at least, you know, damn quick. I remember, uh, I used to go to a lot of raves. So that would be like my advantage point. Cause like, um, I was going to raves in the Valley and that's where all the Kush was. There was no Kush in my Valley in the, in the Valley. It was all in the San Fernando Valley. And I think even before it was there, it was like in Ventura County. You know what I mean? It kind of made its way closer and closer. I just remember I'd go to raves and I would smell Kush in the air and I would find the guy that had it and he never wanted to sell it. And I would be like, look at bro, I will buy that off you and smoke it all with you. Like right now, you know? <laughs> Like, it's a win-win situation, bro. Mm -hmm. Sell it to me. You know what I mean? We're going to smoke it all right now. It would work sometimes. Sometimes it wouldn't. You know what I mean? But even in between, like, Orange Crush, like, a lot of good weed, before even Kush was a thing. You know what I mean? Where they'd be like, oh, this is a, like, non-commercial weed. I don't know. It's kind of weird because he even went through, like, the whole, like, uh, Canadian era, like, BCs and shit. And they would I mean? say that this is non-commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, wow. would, that was pretty much like anything that wasn't like coming from Canada, you know, like that wasn't BC, like very few strains that were actually grown here. You know what I mean? That weren't mass produced. You know how it is yeah, back yeah. then. Like, you know, every people that were growing definitely weren't putting it out there. You know what I mean? Like, it's like to know a grower is like, especially back then. I didn't even know any back then until later on, you know? Because I think the first time I ever saw Kush, they weren't even calling it Kush. They called it the Ghani or Afghani, you know? Oh, okay. But I'm pretty sure that was like like some form of Bubba, you know what I mean? Or it all comes from that family, you know what I mean? The shit that you just sm I it's like the widow. I, the best way I can explain it is just like straight Kush. Like you almost, when you smell it in the air and it almost smells like sage. Mm-hmm. Like not that strong, kind yeah. of just has that smell. And you're just like, different than OG. Yeah, because OG never yeah. smells like that. Like when you burn mm. it, you know what I mean. It just sucks because I lived through the era too, where just like nobody cured their Kush because it was so expensive and so easy to sell and so hard to get. Everything was just like wet noodle. You know what I mean? Like just like you get it, and it's just like, what'd you guys do? Chop this today? You know what I mean? It just got to get that two pounds of light. Yeah, you know, but it was no still better what. than smoking fucking BC. You know what I mean? So I was like, fuck it. I'll take what I can get, you know? But definitely going like to raves and like getting out of my city and meeting people from different areas always gave me that advantage point of being a, even hip hop shows, you know, being able to meet people from different places and get good weed outside of like the neighborhood that I lived in. You know what I mean? Because I was always the man where I lived for like, the best weed, you know what I mean? Like, because I was going and finding it everywhere, you know what I mean? Clothing was a big part of that too, style and clothing. Oh, yeah. Even back then. I mean, I kind of just grew up like in culture, like, you know, I started like, I think in like elementary school, I was break dancing, and then like from there went into like skateboarding, and then that eventually like just turned into graffiti. So I've always kind of been, you know what I mean? Like involved, I guess you would say like hip hop, you know what I mean? Being from a tagging crew, my boy that started it, started a clothing line early on, and I helped him run that. We used to just sell at raves. We would have booths and shit. Oh, we shit. would sell everything else under the sun that really made money besides clothing. Yeah. Not even drugs, and you know, just like weird brave shit, you know what I mean? But yeah, man, I've been involved. I mean, I started with clothing. I, my buddy that got me in the clothing game, or one of them, was an intern at Carl Kanai. So I would literally just go like work for free so I could go in the sample room and fucking take velour suits. 
he's known as like the original streetwear, you know? That's yeah, like the no, original for sure. streetwear. He's definitely one of the first, dog. Yeah. Damn. And I mean, and then from there, so so now you're starting to hear you're hearing OGs or Ghanis, right? Afghanis. Right. When where does it go from there? Cause it's like, what are you doing for work? Back then? Yeah. Oh, hustling. Yeah. I always used to, I think it's a it sucks. I don't even know who exactly it is, but I think it's the a grouch lyric where you used to always say, uh, uh fucking night or uh I'm on over here, I'm a slander. Uh been a hustler since ninety-five, never had love for a nine to five. I think I had like one job at the Fairplex in Pomona, like selling fucking pretzels or some shit, dog. But besides that, like until I became my own boss, I never worked like a regular job or anything. Yeah. I was always hustling. You know what I mean? Not everything was illegal, obviously, but. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, even with clothing, bro, you were like the plug for clothing. I mean, you're the guy to, to call to be like, hey, man, I'm looking to figure this out. I mean, just problems, just business, whatever. Yeah. yeah I'm still that guy, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do it. Like even you know, Blackleaf, he'll call me all the time. And be like, mm-hmm. well, not all the time, but he's called me. If you know where to do this, you know where to do that, and I always have no problem giving you sources because you've done it for me. You know what I mean? Like, because I won't even ask you, and you'll be like, hey, check out this place or check out that yeah. place. You know what I mean? Well, I'll see you make a move with the brand, and I'm like, oh, that might not be right for me. Or like, hey, they tell me like we do this too, and I'm thinking like, oh shit, that'd be dope for this brand. Like, yo, and I'll send it to him and be like, yo, check this out. They do something similar to what you're trying to do. Yeah. The pillows. I mean, he does sick, sick stuff. This showroom is. I mean, you can see the levels of designs and the layers of your stuff. Obviously, a lot of input with design, but thank you, you know. bro. I appreciate it. I try my hardest. You know, the goal was always to just do like a contemporary regular street brand that doesn't just like appeal to like one thing but just clothing is a rough it's a rough business bro it's a lot of competition not only that it's really hard to have longevity in it you know what i mean you could be one of the biggest brands and it's like you're gonna die out eventually maybe not everyone i mean obviously nike's still here but that's shoes too but like even look at lrg you know not saying they're not still in business but i remember being around them when they were doing like Three, four hundred million dollars a year in sales, biggest brand out, you know. I really doubt it's that good right now, you know. Crazy. You know, they people always have they might fall off in California but be huge in different countries, you know what I mean? What's it like being in a tagging crew from LA? Out of politics. Yeah. Honestly, I went to prison at a young age. So like I was my tagging career was kind of short lived through like my teens. I went to prison, like, right when I turned 18 for weed, unfortunately. So when I got out, it was never, like, a priority. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, my homies didn't give a fuck because I put in so much work even before then. But, and, you know, still, I was one of those guys, like, uh, even now to this day, like, I I never get the urge to, like, go do graffiti. But, like, say I take a trip to Australia or something, I'm definitely going to find a store and buy some paint and, like, go leave my mark. You know what I mean? Because who knows when I'll be back or if I'll ever be back, you know? That's something that's definitely like still instilled in me. It just kind of hard to light it. It doesn't get sparked too often, you know? I mean, and I don't think if you're, if you're not from LA or like maybe New York, you don't get the vibe of like you drive around the city and there's certain areas where you see that cruise, you know, three letters or four letters or their name all over the city. I mean, yeah, it's called MS 13. Yeah. <laughs> or OCP. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
No, you definitely see. I mean, it's a street street driven culture mm -hmm. for sure. New York, L.A., these bigger sure. you know areas for sure. Specifically, L.A. is like just crazy. Like on the street scene is like always been prolific here. You know, like right. things are birthed here. I feel like um, when it comes to that. Well, it's like um, you think about it. L.A. and New York are kind of like the same in the sense of like uh, not every state has like a fashion district or a jewelry district. Or this or that, you know? So, like, that's why I always bothered me about people that live in L.A. that just, like, wouldn't use living here to their advantage. Like, if you want to start a clothing brand and you live in L.A., like, bro, there's a fashion district here. You can go on one block in between two streets and find so much stuff that you can buy and turn it into yours. You know what I mean? Not saying you can't do it living anywhere else, but it's a lot easier to do it living here, you know? Or just, I even used to tell people, like, that would... Like, hey, bro, I'm sure you guys have got those messages over here. Like, put me on. Like, I'm like, you want to go wait in line on Supreme on Thursday when it was first come, first serve? Like, you know, give me this, this, and this, and I'll give you some money. And a lot of people did that for me, but then turned it into saving their money and going to line up themselves. Next thing you know, their reseller is making hundred thousands of dollars a year. And I've seen it happen, bro, just by me telling somebody to go do something for me. But that rarely happens, you know, but you always get those couple of people that take the initiative and take the ball and run with it. You know what I mean? And next thing you know, they're reselling. I was always a fake reseller. I more just wanted this shit to keep. So I'd buy more shit to sell that. So hopefully I don't have to pay for the stuff I want to keep. You know what I mean? But like, I never like wanted to turn into a business or maybe I should have just still to this day, I have so much shit. I end up reselling shit, but it was never like a, like a focus. You know what I mean? I mean, like when a, people talk about born hustlers, like I think of you. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, shit. Yeah. I grew up, you know, single, single mother home. You know what I mean? My pops passed away when I was like seven. You know what I mean? Just me and my sister, you know, my mom worked. My mom's like the hardest working person I ever met growing up. That's like my idol, you know? So it's like, I had a lot of time to just be on my own and be outside and not have nobody to tell me you can't do this or you can't do that. So I was always getting into something, bro. You know what I mean? Plus, like, you know, everybody... Everybody wants to make money, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. As much as they say it doesn't make life easier, shit. Yeah. I don't know about that one. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah I mean? I'm not convinced on so that. You got out of high, yeah. yeah, you got out of high school in L.A. and you were like, college? Nah. Where'd you go from there? I went to high school out in my area in San Bernardino, but nah, my high, my high school career was terrible. Like, I literally, like, ditched all of high school. Like, my freshman year, I'll never forget, I, I can't, I ditched so much my freshman year that I remember the second, uh, semester of my freshman year I saw my counselor and he's like I think I got all F's or something because I didn't even go to class I didn't take none of my finals I was selling weed ditching ditching school to smoke weed I always lived close to all my schools and my mom always worked a nine to five so my crib was always like the spot like on the first day of school we're gonna meet on my porch before school and get loaded and go to school like that was always my pad you know mm -hmm. what I mean like ditching parties go there after you know, because I always lived, like, within walking distance of all my schools, so that didn't help, you know? I remember they wanted me to do my freshman year over again. I was like, forget it, you know? Ended up in continuation school, a couple of different ones. I got my, I ended up getting my GED in prison, you know what I mean? For a box of tobacco. For a can of tobacco. <laughs> really? I don't, I don't even know if I passed the even test or trade? not, you know? I just remember yeah. giving the dude the can, like, make sure I pass this shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> Shout out to you, bro. So, no, nah, no college. I wish. I kind of wish I would have maybe indulged. 
But I know you always got to do a, I mean, I don't know. They always want you to do the high school shit over again in the beginning of college, you know? And I was like, fuck that, bro. Like, honestly, my math is great, bro, from hustling. You know what I mean? I mean, they teach you shit in high school, like, to balance a checkbook. Who the fuck's doing that now? You know what I mean? Like, I would have wasted my fucking time on so much shit, man. You know what I mean? College, uh, I just ended up in debt. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. My sister's one of them. You know what I mean? Still working her ass off to get out of debt from college. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying college is a bad thing, but. It's different now You could definitely was. be successful these days without going to school. You know, my school was a school of hard knocks pretty much. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I had it super bad, but. It's pretty much where I learned everything and applied it was in the streets. You know what I mean? So, How, but it's crazy business. growing up in L.A. I mean, that's crazy. Sure. What happened? Uh, what happened with the case? When going to prison? Yeah. So uh, basically, I was like, uh, I was well known in my neighborhood for, you know, doing my thing, like growing up. You know what I mean? Like I said, I always went to raves, had the best weed that no one had. And people used to call me by my last name and used to just get thrown around like diarrhea. Probably people never even freaking met me you know what i mean and uh i'll never forget them i had braces i had a dentist appointment and uh i think my mom took me and she dropped me off and i was i was walking to my continuation school at the time and this cop drove by me kind of long story but uh he looks at me he's like hey man what's your name i tell my name and he's like what's your last name i tell my last name he flips a bitch wow searches me i don't got no weed on me but i got a freaking Motorola StarTech cell phone and like, you know, this is like 99, you know what I mean? Pager, a little bit of money on me. So he ends up taking me to my continuation school, pulls me in my counselor's office and sits me down. He's like, look at man, I know what you do. I know who you are. Got a bunch of people telling on you. You know what I mean? So eventually I'm going to get you, you know? And I'm just I'm looking at him like, you know, catch me when you can, you know what I mean? So eventually... I got pulled over with someone else driving. They found some shit in the car. As soon as I bailed out, they raided my house. So I got busted for the same crime I was on bail for. So I got bail on bail crime. So I got busted for possession for sales and then got busted for possession for sales again while out on bail. And then these cops hated me so bad. They had this like full written report, like of me just telling on myself, like, how much weed I sold, how much money I made, when that definitely was not a part of the conversation at all. So I get a state, of, I get a, a public pretender, fire him right away because I'm already hip at a young age. Like, give me a state appointed attorney. You know what I mean? The state appointed attorney comes and he's reading the discovery and he's like, "You said all this?" And I go, "No, I didn't say any of that." And he goes, "He goes, look, bro, I would love to take your money, but he's like, like." It's going to be your word against theirs, and who are they going to believe? You know what I mean? They're not going to believe you, that's for sure, you know? Damn. So I ended up doing right at 18. I think I turned 18 in May, and in October, I was in prison with the big boys. California State Prison. You know what I mean? To Atchby, Wasco, you know what I mean? How long did they give you for that? 16 months with half, so not a long. I did like a little less than a year, like 11 months, 20 days or something. What was it like? It was good. Honestly, I always say I, I don't take back that experience for nothing because I was still a young punk when I went to prison. It's like the real dog. boot camp, right? It was just like to learn respect, bro, and learn like, like, like you know, like you can't call nobody a bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's Gotta a lot of politics in there that I don't agree with, but I get why they're there. You know what I mean? So it was like it helped me grow up because even though I was 18, 
I was only 18 for a couple months. I was still a young kid, you know what I'm saying? Like, even though fuck, bro, I was already fucking. And it was good. It was good just to, like, get my mind right. That was, like, my first time working out. Like, you know, you had to show up every, you had to hold yourself accountable. You know, it was like, for, you know, whites and Mexicans in California, it's usually a mandatory workout. So you work out whether you want to or not, bro. So it's kind of like, and even on yards where you, it's not mandatory, you just, people just look at you like you're weak if you don't work out. Like, what are you doing? You know, get out there and fucking work out. And that's yeah. all that shit makes the days go by quicker, you know? Yeah, yeah. You get a routine. Schedule. Yeah, Sleep you get a routine better. going down. Next thing you know, you're out of there. So, and then I'll never forget, I got out of prison and I had this like cool ass parole officer. She wasn't even supposed to be my parole officer. I got thrown to her by accident. And uh, she never even came to my house one time. The whole time I was on parole, not even like the initial time I came, talked to my, I called, talked to my mom and shit, made sure I was staying there. But I've always had a mouthpiece. Obviously, I'm already probably talking too much, but like I, I came out like just hitting her with like, oh yeah, I got this clothing line. I do this, I do that. And she's just like blown away. Like, great. You know, cause she's telling me to go get a job yeah. and she's trying to get me to go back to school. And I'm like, no, I got my GED in prison. Like she thought. Uh, she had to like look it up because she wanted, she didn't think I finished high school and she wanted me to like go to fucking high school at the parole office and shit. And I'm like, fuck no, even if I didn't have my GED, that wasn't going to happen. But so she was letting me go to Vegas for clothing conventions and shit, like giving me passes to go. And then the whole time I was in prison, you know, you, you get a number in California and you, you can discharge that number within 13 months if you don't get in any trouble. But normal parole is three years. But in prison, when I was in there, that was a myth. Like, nobody discharged in 13 months. Sure enough, that shit was gone in 13 months. Never, uh, they never, I never forget, I wasn't smoking weed. And I took my first drug test, looked on the bottle, and it said THC, and there was no check. Left there, and it was on and fucking cracking. I was already looking for the Gany, you know what I mean, to smoke. So, yeah, that was a little rough. But it honestly, it has a lot to do with, like, you know, the way I carry myself. and shit I've been through, so I don't regret it at all. And honestly, like if I would end up in jail for a year, it would have been way worse because fucking the food in prison they give you in California is like jail. They feed you like a fucking dog, bro. They give you shit that's not even edible. Like, literally, I would give my plate of food away every day and be like, just give me a soup, bro. Take this shit. Like, I can't even Damn. eat this shit. Like, it was depressing, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, it was it's, bad. It's, shit you don't think that's, about. That's a known thing that... um in jail, it's much worse than prison. For sure. And really? you'll see guys going to court and coming sure. back. And the plan was when they were going there, they weren't going to sign no and deal or do shit. And then they way- come back and you're like, they're like, I signed it, man. And they're, exactly. they're like, I got to get out of here. I'm losing my mind. I'm in here a year sure. waiting trial or whatever. And they just signed the deal. And I'm like, damn, it's dude took 15 years. Right. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And probation is way worse than parole, especially if you're a weed smoker. Because yeah. if I would have did a year county lid and it, came bro. out on probation, there definitely would have been a THC check on there. I definitely would have been able to smoke weed, <laughs> which would have fucked too, everything like, up. Because, you know? like, you know, even in other states, whatever, if you got a medical card and you're on probation now, you can smoke. Right. So it's crazy. But I, I'm a testament to that. I definitely. Well, we're talking, that up. you know, 2001. You know, I've literally been out of prison longer than I was that old when I went to prison. So I've been out of prison 20 years, and I was 18 years old when I went to prison. Crazy. Damn. It's been a long time. Never went back ever after that. You know? And the, it was a joke I was there in the first place, you know, because I actually qualified for social equity. 
because I went to prison for marijuana, you know? That fucking program is a joke. That's a whole nother. Yeah. You could probably gimmick. do a podcast just about that. You know Literally. What I mean? California set that shit up to act like they were throwing us a bone, but they make it so hard. It's impossible to get, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Literally, dog. Like, and that's like you're just focused on strictly that. And even if you do get it, it takes so much time consuming. You got to have a building and this, this, and that. Because for a while, I'm thinking, shit, I went to prison for weed. I want this fucking license, you know? Even if I don't keep it, as soon as it's mm-hmm. transferable, I'll sell it. Or we could do something with it, you know? I would always, when it came to my boys at Platinum Genetics, like, hey, let's do something in the white market. Like, I got a freaking license for distribution, uh, retail, uh, you know, everything they give you, you know, but that whole first round of that program from what I heard was a joke. Yeah. I don't even know if any of those people even got anything up and going. I have honestly kind of just gave up on it. I end up just paying to get my, uh, felony expunged and not even have it there no more. Cause that was the only reason I was even keeping it was to try and get the social equity, you know, but I mean, shout out everybody. If you have got it, I'm happy for you, but if you're waiting, don't hold your breath. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. For it's real. bad, bro. I miss those Prop 215 days, man, where we oh, would have fuck. events and be able to, like, mingle and socialize. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we really so did. so good, man. I low-key miss the events. I ain't going to lie, man. I, I miss them, bro. It was just... There was, you know, people leaving and things happening, but it was always good vibes. It's like a weed event, you know? Nobody's there trying to fight or... Everybody's freaking stoned, bro. Yeah. just kicking it. It's like the yeah. best vibes ever, you know? You get to sell your freaking cannabis, touch the people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People get to meet who's behind Instagram accounts or their favorite companies. I mean, that's where we met. Because yeah. I was always really impressed by your booth and, like, your, your packaging. You were always, like, took a lot of pride in that shit early on, you know? I remember like seeing your first and be like, oh, this is inspired by Off-White. I like it, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if that wasn't where your inspiration was, I was like, no, it oh, was. definitely I was. like it, you know? Yeah. I, I, I like, I'm guessing you had a little something to do with that too. Huh? <laughs> Pack us for sure. <laughs> yeah, but it was yeah. dope, man. Like, because I remember first seeing you at an event and, and I had never heard of you and was just impressed by the whole layout for Appreciate someone I had that. never heard of, you know what I mean? And then you just started making more and more noise every event. And then he would always look out for me, bro. It'd be like, I'd feel bad sometimes that I have like very little widow. So I'd be like trying to give you a little <laughs> bit. And then you'd be like, here, give me all these jars. I'd be like, fuck, bro, I wish I could give you that much back. You know? Nah, nah, you're the OG homie. And we used to always just, you know, it's like, like you say, say, seeing another sailor on the ocean, man. We used to like just go around and and finally it's, it's dope to be able to meet people that are, that have the same mindset, that run the same way, that think the same way. And, it, and, and know what fire is like right. miss the real fire know right. what it's like i mean that platinum widow is like a time machine anybody who has it i mean you know what it's like it literally takes you back 15 years you're yeah, like shout out to my boy captain bro my, one of my boys from platinum genetics that basically that's his baby you know like i got i still would get a lot of recognition for that strain just because in the beginning a lot of these like my ogs they didn't want to get on Instagram. They didn't want to start companies. They didn't want people to know who they were, you know? Mm-hmm. And then once they started seeing other people do it, like, or even their peers, they got more comfortable. So that was the main reason everybody knew me for the widow. Cause I was the guy going to all the events that had it. You know what I mean? It got to the point where by the time my boys decided they wanted to come outside, every time widow would come up, they'd be like, Oh yeah, ether. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I was like, 
I couldn't do nothing about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was like, they never, Putting still in the to this day, we've all, those are my boys. You know what I mean? We tried to, we were going to get something going on the white market, but you know, it's tough. challenging that is, you know what I mean? I think well, the last thing was Oklahoma. I don't know whatever happened with that. How long have you known OGZ and like Shoreline Mafia and those guys? Shit, OGs I met in 2018. I initially wow. met him on Instagram and then I ran into him at Rolling Loud. And then we just hit it off and we just chopped it up, started fucking with the homie, you know? OGZ is one of those dudes I, I really fuck with because he's like a, a lot of these kids, especially that do music, I just hate that a lot of them are like real ignorant and they're not like cultured on like older music and just, he's like a young OG, you know, like a super young OG, you know? And I always kind of always looked at myself like that. So I always liked that, you know, like he knew about, probably from his family and shit too, but he like knew about shit. So he would just hit me up like, hey bro, I got this show, come out, I'm gonna throw you on the list. So eventually just like rolling around with him everywhere, going to all the shows, you know what I mean? That's For dope. a couple of years. It, it, was a, it was a fun couple of years, man. Rolling around with those guys, going to all the shows. Definitely interesting. Getting too old for that shit, though. Probably still am. I actually just came back from Vegas. He had a sold-out show at House of Blues. I went to that. It was my first time seeing him perform, I think, since I ran into you guys at the uh, Zaw Olympic. But you could just tell his show's gotten better, you know what I mean? Performing. Yeah. Doing tours. Everybody had that big, long break with COVID, so it was like everybody's kind of getting back into the rhythm of, like, doing shows every friggin' week or month or whatever it is, you know, after not doing them for like two years, you know, I imagine that's not easy. It'd be like not growing for two years and then starting to grow again, no matter how much, you know, it's still going to still got to eventually get it dialed again. Brutal. That'd be brutal. Yeah. Sure. These guys not getting show money. That's gotta be horrible. Oh yeah. That's why oh, everybody bro. went so hard on the here. merch. <laughs> Cause that's your biggest thing when you're an artist, you know, you're not getting paid for the music. You're getting paid for shows and merch. That's like, the two bread winners right there. You know what I mean? If you don't got your merch game's not crazy. And, but then the guys who did have a crazy merch game, they low key caked up during COVID believe it or not, because everything gave us all money. Well, not me. I didn't get no money. <laughs> they gave all the kids yeah. money. I guarantee they were swiping those EDD cards to buy that merch. You know what I mean? She was Shit. wild in LA. They were buying mine. Shout out to EDD. Shit, I had, that was probably my best year of sales was 2020 for Sipling. And I'm pretty sure it had something to do with COVID, you know what I mean? And everybody having money. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> That's oh, funny as hell. I mean, all my years have been similar in sales, but that was definitely like the best, you know what I mean? Yeah. Bring it back. So you hop out, you're fresh out. This is like, what, 2001, you said? I got out in 02. 02. I went in in 2001. So, so about 13 months after that, no more parole, all that shit. You're looking for the Afghani. Where, oh, where's no. it? I was looking for the Afghani the day I found out they didn't piss that they were going to test me for weed. Oh. I smoked weed. And, oh, so you smoked all I the smoked way weed and hustled the whole time I was on parole for 13 Damn. months. Whole time. The whole fucking time. Right I remember getting out. Well, so, so when you came back out, what was your mentality of how you were going to move different or like do, do things different? Because I definitely wasn't keeping back, nothing you, at the crib. You learned some oh, shit. I wasn't yeah. keeping nothing at the crib. I was like, they kick in this door again. They ain't finding shit. Yeah. It's close by, but they don't know where it's at close by. Yeah. And that's where it goes at the end of every... Because I was sick because right before they raided my crib, while I was out on bail, I had one of my homeboys holding all my shit for me. 
And then I had all this like shake I saved and I found out he had sold it to one of my other boys and kept the money and didn't tell me. So I got all upset and I took everything back to my house and they fucking raided my house. Holy and shit. found everything, you know what I mean? Otherwise I wouldn't even, but I was so oblivious to that we were getting raided because uh, my pops, my pops passed away at a young age. So my mom always got social security for me and my sister every month. You know what I mean? So when I turned 18, I found out that I'm getting that social security now under my name, but I still had to go to school. So I was already out of high school and I didn't graduate. So I had to go to adult school. So I would literally go to adult school, sign in and walk right back out. I never even went, but the checks were still coming. Like they didn't know I was going in. I wasn't, you know what yeah. I mean? So I remember one of my homies picked me up from adult school and we go to my crib and I see like two cops like parked in the parking spot, like below our, our, my apartment where I grew up. And I'm thinking, I remember even like walking up the stairs and seeing them in the house. And I'm thinking like, cause I wasn't answering nobody's phone calls. Everybody's calling me trying to get stuff and I'm just avoiding everybody. I'm thinking somebody broke into my crib and stole the shit. Cause I'm ignoring everybody. Motherfuckers are in my house raiding it. That's how oblivious I was to like these motherfuckers were raiding my house, you know? So I walked into the shit. Like I should have probably just like saw the Damn. cops and kept going, you know? Hey, I hey, walked what's in going the crib. Yeah, I walked yeah. in the crib like, what are you what's doing? Good, my shit? Man? Like, Get on the ground. I'm like, what the fuck, you know? Holy fuck. Yeah, me and my homeboy in handcuffs and shit. Oh, I'm like, shit. Oh, so your boy was with you too? Yeah, no, he came oh. upstairs with me and everything, He's dog. Trying. But me, I'm a G dog. Right away, I was like, my boy don't got nothing to do with it. Whatever you guys found in here. And See, going back to the rave shit, I always, uh, you know, I've been a hustler my whole life. So uh, I, I knew a lot of glass blowers early on, bro. You got to remember there was a, before dabs came, there was a big market for glass, you know, like heady glass too. And people would be, pay good money for flower pieces. So I knew a lot of these glass blowers directly are the distributors. So I, I used to sell glass at the raves. My house was like a fucking head shop, bro. You just come to my house and get a bag of weed. You need fucking zigzags. You need blunts. You need a fucking grab. I'd have the whole booth right there in a box. I, I'd go set up at the rave. You need a new, I'd have gun fucking cases. You open them up. They're filled with pipes, fucking from little spoons, the fucking double bubblers, you name it. I had it. So fucking the fucking living room table looked like a fucking head shop. I remember they just had all the fucking bong and shit, my personal collection, plus all the other ones. And I'm like, hey, motherfucker, all the brand new ones, technically that shit, uh, I'm allowed to have those. So fucking that, I made them leave those there. You know what I mean? But all the ones that were like dirty and shit, they fucking took them. You know what I mean? The new ones. Yeah. So fucking, I was always hustling. I was always hustling fucking uh, shit, man. Something, you know? So even when I got out, I paroled with like $200 gate money. And it was just like fucking, I got to fucking turn it because i got picked up that's like your money to get home i was like i'm not fucking stopping until i can flip this into something get back in the game sold anything i had that was left behind that was worth something and jumped right back in dude like fuck it. i remember thinking my homeboy's dad owned a fucking wiener so and i'm already calling him from prison like hey, no pops to give me a job when i get out i'm thinking i'm gonna get out and go work at wieners and within a month i was right back to where i left off bro just doing it, you know, but just trying to move smarter, you know? Yeah. But back to your question, my bad, fucking getting off track of, you know, I smoked the Ganny before I went into prison. And fucking, um, so I didn't want to smoke no regular weed. I called one of my homeboys who had some regular weed. Shout out to my boy, Alal. I'm like, man, take me to my boy, Alal. I call him and I'm like, this is a funny story too. I call him like, hey, you got some Ganny? And he's like, 
I do, but it's not weed. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, I need you to do me a favor, dog, but I'm not tripping. I'm like, what? He's like, I need you to go to the fucking the head shop or the donut shop by your crib because I know they have them. And I need you to go buy a fucking a tweak pipe. You know what I mean? A fucking. I'm like, I'm fucking. I smoked weed for the first time with someone else. So I'm fucking loaded on the phone. I'm like laughing my ass off. I'm like, you're fucking with me, right? He's like, no, bro, I'm dead serious. We're going to fucking smoke this oil out of it. I'm like, what fucking oil? He's like, the Ganny oil. I'm like, all right, bro, you better not be fucking with me, bro. Fucking. So I had my homeboy go in and get the fuck because I wasn't going to go in there and buy that shit. <laughs> he takes me over there and shit. And the guy who grew the Ganny had these little, like, uh, remember those little small, tiny vial jars that they used to put the honey oil in? Like the brown ones that were like super small with the little black screw on lid? He had one of those filled with this oil. So he fucking puts it in the fucking tweak Ooh. pipe. I never did tweak. That was never my thing. I was always a weed smoker. And I grew up in the 90s. So everyone I know was on fucking, not everyone I know, but it was a big thing at that time. People were fucking smoking crystals. So like, I don't even know how to light this shit. You know what I mean? I'm trying to, he's like doing it for me. Sure enough, I get a hit. Bro, straight kush, bro. Straight terps. This is dabs before dabs, my boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're loaded, bro. I'm like, this is fucking wild. I'm smoking fucking some type of fucking Ganny oil out of fucking tweet pipe, dog. But this is dope. But call me when you get the weed, bro. You know, because that shit went quick back then. You know, it was like back then it was like I came from it so early. It was like you bought it by the gram for 25 or 30 bucks a gram. And it was like, how many grams do you want? Like, even if you wanted a fucking a pound, it was available. If the dude had it, he's going to sell it. Sell you 448 grams at $25 each all the way up, you know? That's how it was for ounces, at least. Nobody had fucking pounds, but yeah. So that was, that was probably my first experience, like, dabbing, I guess, without dabbing, you know? Because we made oil and all that shit later, too, like, in the house next to the stove, like, mm-hmm. not even knowing what we were doing. And then years later, it comes back to, like, you know, the whole BHO thing. And I'm, like, telling people my story. Like, Bro, I did this fucking... 10 years ago with fucking the worst butane on the market and fucking a PVC tube with the cap, like how you make a pipe bomb, you know? Yeah. Like, and they're like, no way. We just put a coffee filter on the end. It would just come out of there and shit. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. You put that shit on the, you put that shit on the weed though. <laughs> that shit just would never, <laughs> never give out. It would just stay lit, dude. But I remember even seeing videos on YouTube of like Wiz Khalifa and the Bay with burner. Like when the fucking, uh, Remember when they were calling it like the amber crystal or something? Like, yeah, yeah. When it was like, I don't know if that it, it was shattered or what it was, but I'll never forget there was this video of Wiz, right? And he got in the bong and he's taking bong rips of it. And every time he pulls out the stem of the bong, the fucking bowl turns into like a torch. Like it's coming out of the bowl, like, shh. Like, I don't know from the release of the air or what. Like, that's how flammable, like, that's how much butane in that Still shit. Still in it. We were smoking, yeah. you know? Because. Oh. I mean, we obviously watched, I mean, now it's like, you know, made with ice and water. I mean, there's still BHO, obviously, but everyone's dabbing hash. But, like, even then, bro, I feel like as far as weed goes, I almost seen, like, evolution of almost everything. Bro. That's basically why I don't dab. I wouldn't, I don't blame I you, bro. I shot my you lungs out. Them out. The red hot dabs. For sure. Remember what red, red used to mean go, right? Yeah. Even though it should mean stop. I'm pretty yeah. sure I got a couple fucking scars from them fucking titanium nails on these arms somewhere, fucking bastards. But 
Yeah, man. Those were rough. Those were rough. rough. (laughs) The carb cap. Oh, man. And then then the butane talk, it's like, if you were doing some, you were going to test it out for sure. Right. So you test it out, and you're like, (laughs) Oh, bro, the first couple of times we made it, no one even knew what it was. I'm telling you, I'm using the the neon that I put in my torch these days to make the fucking, to make the extract. You yeah, know what I mean? Crazy. And, bro, one time we did it in my homeboy's crib, like by the stove. Like we weren't even thinking, bro. In the bedroom, like we're inside, bro. We're not outside doing this shit. Like it's a miracle we didn't get blown up. You know, we did it a couple of times. Shit, yeah. Cause I think we were just taking like shake from like leftover shake from the pounds getting broken down. And like, it was either that or make some cookies. You know what I mean? I think one of my homies saw like an article on fucking high times or something. I used to, I remember just doing wild shit. Like that PVC cap would go on the end of the, like a pipe bomb, but there's only one on one side and the coffee filter on the other. And I used to heat up the tip of the, to- the butane, like the metal part. So when I poked it through, it would be airtight. My homie's looking at me like, you're fucking crazy. I'm like, the butane's not coming out yet. I'm just heating up the fucking tip. So when I, poke it in the hole it'll go in there perfectly so when i you know what i mean like yeah i'm blessed that i don't have a fucking they call you scarface fucking scar yeah. on this whole side of my face but we only did that like once or twice you know and then when dabs came around i was like oh these motherfuckers figured it out dude yeah because we were doing this shit already you know yeah it's crazy see where it's, it's come definitely out. crazy how quick it's evolved oh bro insane now it's half a million dollar setups, you know. I mean, it's crazy right? shit now. You go to, I'm guessing you guys been to MJ Biz. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went the very first year. I haven't shit been back show. since, but they had like some crazy fucking equipment. You know what I mean? I was seeing all, I remember seeing like this machine that like would prepackage the shatter in half grams. I was like, oh fuck. Like they're just trying to take everybody's yeah, job, you know? It's crazy when I think we went the first year too. And it's crazy to see like how big the business was. For sure. Shit was crazy. You know, just like so many different companies doing similar things. And how many dudes are walking and, around wearing suits that would never yeah. wore a suit in their life? Because yeah. we're walking around in street wearing Rolexes, and I promise yeah. you, everybody's coming up to us. Yeah. Everybody. Like, you guys growers? You guys growers trying to show us new shit? I'm thinking, fuck, I should have worn a suit, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, literally, dog. I remember we had fucking dinner with this fucking dude from New York who was supposed to be writing the BOE for the whole tax thing. He was like connected to Giuliani and all this crazy shit. And I was like, there wasn't no money. Like my, it's so bad for me. Like me, like with anything, I, I, I can't really get into something that's not going to, even though I'm obviously doing clothing, but it's so hard these days to get me excited about something that's not going to make me money right then. You know what I mean? Like so many people are just trying to sell you dreams. Like all these white market companies, come in, give us all your genetics. We'll give you this, this, and that. And then next thing you know, they're changing the locks on you and get rid of you. And they got all your cuts and they think that they're going to be able to grow them like you. Like, good luck, Bozo. Like, take me fucking a decade to get that dialed in. You think you're going to be able to fucking grow it as good as me tomorrow at your sea level grower? Good luck. Maybe eventually, you know what I mean? But I don't know. White market is a joke, in my opinion. At least most of it. Yeah. yeah. What was it like being out here in the 2000s, early 2000s? I think we started coming out here around like 2010, 2011, mm-hmm. 2012. Like as maybe. far as what, like, like the weed game? Yeah, like or? what was it like? What was the culture like and everything out here? Like what was popping? Nothing like now. No events. Everything real quiet. Maybe just 
fucking that was like the BC area, mm. BC era, yeah. like the early two thousand yeah. juicy fruits. You're a real one if you know about the juicy fruits and you fucking are. like hash plant. Yeah, but like the hash plants that came from Canada. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you know, I never got that high up where I dealt strictly with Canadians because they didn't want money anyway. They wanted you to give them something else. You know what I mean? <laughs> Go watch the movie Kush if you don't know what I'm talking about, which is basically a. You guys should watch that if you haven't seen it. It's a, you seen Alpha Dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. basically the the real version. It's called Kush. That. It's called Kush. I haven't seen uh, that. Man, go check out Kush. Yeah, if you can find yeah, it, it shit, I got it on DVD Look somewhere, probably in storage. I don't know, but yeah, like uh, it was that whole game, you know. And then eventually, uh, the Kush started coming in. Like I said, it was just nobody wanted to cure their shit, bro. Everybody fucking was just giving you that shit wet, and they could still sell it like that for like six hundred an ounce, six fifty an ounce. Like I remember the first ounce of Kush I got, my boy dragged me all the way to fucking. Calabasas made me get off the car and wait for him while he went and then came back and probably gave me like a 20 gram fucking zip for fucking like 550 or something. I still didn't give a fuck because I was going to go to Cypress Hill smoke out the next couple of days and wanted the best fucking weed there is to smoke. You know what I mean? So, but it was like, it was ugly for years, bro. Like anybody who knows when they first started doing Kush in LA, like you couldn't get nothing. It was rare to get anything that was like, done right or like cured you know which is like the most to me that's the lost art of weed these days like people they don't care about the veg or the cure and those are like the end in the beginning the two most important parts like your soldiers aren't ready for battle they're not going to win the war you know what i mean you don't cure your shit right it don't matter how good the weed is it's going to go to shit you know everybody just cares about taking instagram pictures in between the two and putting it on the internet you know what i mean like I've seen a lot of fucking weed that looks real pretty on the internet, but after it came to me all trimmed up and cured, it was fucking trash. I wouldn't give it to somebody for free to smoke. You know what I mean? But it looks fucking beautiful in a picture. You know what I mean? But And then there's weed that looks terrible. Best weed you ever fucking tasted. You know what I mean? It's yeah. crazy, you know? It is. People just got to give it a chance. It's always like, Pat Gods always says, is it smoking? That's like the... Always the end, like, is it smoking? Yeah, I fuck with Pat Gods, bro. He's a connoisseur for sure. <laughs> That's bro. always what he's a, is it smoking? Yeah, Shit. yeah. Let's see, let's see how it runs. Is it, yeah. Right? <laughs> he wants to see that ash. Huh? It's just funny what people do with the blunt because, like, everything in the blunt burns white. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter what it is. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? ashes. Because yeah. I even used to be that guy, like, filming my Swisher, like, the ash all white, like, big dummy. That's the chemicals in the yeah. nicotine. People, people still want to argue about the ashes with the joints. Oh, God, like, I already know you. Big, yeah, big yeah, tobacco has already been ash. on the white ash <laughs> yeah. long before. What do you guys think about that? I know you guys are interviewing me about, like, people who don't flush and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot. You know, I'll go first. I'll just talk about because uh, people ask me this. A thousand times a day, fucking damn near. Uh, to just record. There's it, a bro. reason tobacco burns white. There's an additive in it to make it burn white. But this is the thing: humidity will also change the way something burns. Right. But the key is this: there's many factors that go into fire, and burning white ash and burning clean smoke is just one of like four or five things. One of the top ones is: does it taste like it smells? Right. Right. If it smells like garlic, I hope it tastes like garlic. If it smells like onions or if it smells like fruit, I want it to taste like fruit. And so the people always get stuck on, well, it it looks like shit, but it's burning white. You're saying it's fire. 
No, no. It's just one of the things. It's like you go to a, a good restaurant and it, they got a dope venue. They got a dope ambiance. Then the menus fire. Then the drinks are fire. You know what I'm saying? There's like a check boxes that all right. have to be hit. It's the same thing with cannabis. It's the same thing with most things on earth. It's never just one or the other. It's there's levels to it. And like, I believe in white ashes because I also for 18 years when I've had bad crops and I've had bad runs, when I smoke it, it doesn't burn how it should. Right. So now when I'm, you're telling me like, oh, it doesn't matter. And I'm smoking some shit. I'm like, well, every time I've had a hit, every time I've hit it out of the ballpark, it always burns right. And it always burns just like it should. And so right. you, it's hard to waver off of that. It's just like blind taste test. Yeah. White ashes. But. You need to bring that back with weed, the Pepsi challenge. There you go. Yeah, the love Pepsi that. Challenge. That's every time. Just bro. talking about that. The that's, other what day. Yeah. To, that's what I was about Great to say. Pepsi think alike, challenge. Yeah. Because people, dude, everything is like nowadays really bothers me, like with the whole bag thing. And I don't care. You know, it's marketing. Get your company out. But it's like everybody buys with their eyes, bro. That's why yeah. the purple weed epidemic is so bad. Like, is it? It's not good if it's not purple. You know, nobody <laughs> buys with like. Like how you said pack hides the same. Well, is it smoking? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't give a fuck how good it looks. Yeah. It's not smoking. I don't give a fuck what influencer on Instagram who everybody rides his nuts, how good he says it is. I want to know if it's smoking for me because what's what might be smoking for you might not be smoking for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a different palate. Yeah. You know what I mean? And right now my palate doesn't want nothing to do with lemon cherry gelato. No offense. You know what I mean? It's a great strain. It's just, just had enough of it. But like OG... You know, when everybody, exotics, 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 all these guys stopped growing OG and a lot of them lost their fucking cuts that they've had for years. Some of the best OG we ever had. So now like good OG in LA is like the new exotic because it's so fucking hard to find. That's that real fucking gas. Like I watched uh, the episode you guys did with with Homeboy from Backpack Boys and he's talking about my boy Wu giving him a joint of that fucking Billy Kimber and it just making his fucking nose run. That's when I know something's fire and that shit fu- starts fucking with my allergies right off top. It's got my <laughs> boogers going crazy. I'm like, okay, that's some fucking gas. You know what I mean? And like, that's what we got to get back to. Like LA's always been known for good OG. All, you know, gelato and all that shit was obviously a Bay area thing, but you know, spread like a rash and now it's down here and it's like finding good OG. That's not filled with fucking, you know what? And mm-hmm. Good is like so hard to come by, bro. It is and grown right, burn right, yeah, and it's hard to grow. So it's that's what I was just gonna say. Anybody who knows it. anything about growing knows growing OG is like finicky, lanky, fucking just prone to fucking everything. You know what I mean? Not resilient for shit. Just high maintenance strain to grow. You know what I mean? But if you can grow it right, you're gonna reap the benefits of it. You know what I mean? At least I hope you do. Yeah, we see the market going back that way for sure. No, OG's coming back, bro. It's already back. It's just not enough of like like people like uh, mass producing it yet. But I mean, nobody. I mean, I don't want no mass produce weed. I need that weed that comes. I want that. Where's all the guys that got six lights in their spare bedroom? You know what I mean? That's the one. That's the weed I want to smoke. You know what I mean? It comes in a jar, right? Yeah. (laughs) For for a ridiculous number. Yeah, no, that's crazy. It's, I always, and that's why I always, is it smoking, right? It can be, it can be thousands of dollars an ounce. It can be nothing. It can look like shit. It can look pretty. It can be whatever. But in the end, is it smoking, right? Yeah, that's, that's a candy or a gas there. game right now. 
It's one of the two. You either got the candy mm. or you got the gas. Nobody don't want no fruity shit no more. Mm-hmm. None of that shit, you know? I guess if you're like 60, you might want to smoke sativa. Even diesels, well, right? Even yeah, nobody smoking sativa. It gives everybody anxiety. Yeah, crazy. You know, especially when you get older. I mean, I never smoked sativa, so I wouldn't me, know, but the OG I smoked definitely the most gives of, me the most of we would get is like, like, like some green crack back in the day. Right. Some, Train wreck. Yeah, golden goat. Shit like that. Like some that's and that's like some Colorado vibe shit. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah, I, I didn't yeah. like the goat though because it would fucking it's racy. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean, if it's racy, I'm good. I, it's not really what I smoke for. Is it possible I mean? to get weed in Colorado like that's not already dried out that to the point where you want to smoke? You don't want it? the crunch pack? Well, that's what I'm saying. Cause like every I'll never forget we were in high it's time. Difficult. You gotta, you know, yeah, yeah it's difficult because it's, it's the a, humidity. It's man. Did you guys go to the high times in Denver, the mm-hmm. big one? I'll never I forget. Was the first uh, one ever. And uh we've had an interesting uh relationship, but I remember I'll never forget seeing uh Jared from West Coast Cure walk in and he's got this nug in his hand, he's holding it like it's fucking like the Olympic torch, you know? And I'm like, what is that, bro? And he's like, this is the craziest weed on the market right now. Ooh, and it was a uh, Cuban growers, cookies and cream. Uh, I think I told him, well, it's not going to be anything. If you don't get it in a jar in the next five seconds, it's going to disintegrate into anything. Cause I remember just opening up my jar and closing it. Cause I had some widow out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had just bring all everything out there to smoke. And then once I seen what people were paying for shit, I was like, take it. Cause I was the guy at the weed event, like selling my clothes. I never had weed out. I was like, I was paranoid. I was like, I went it under the table. Like we weren't allowed to do it there. When the guy next to me, he's got like a whole fucking ass display and I got clothes and the pound under the table with the scale under the table. But if you know me, be like, got some widow. Like, yeah, I got you. You know what I mean? Always. Way out on the low. That was you. For <laughs> yeah, sure. for sure. You're like, oh, it's the clothing. I mean, we booth. did a couple boost platinum genetics. We did, I think blazers cup one year. We did. Mm-hmm chalice that year that was like huge but it was fucking like a million degrees um dude that did you guys go to that yeah oh my yeah God, right on the middle of the desert we were in the booth with critical it was critical straight organics tree based yeah. clear we paid you guys make- were in the same building as jungle boys huh no, no. We, we were we we're it was us critical concentrates alien labs, alien labs. And, and it was what was crazy Tree was a couple times in the in the. Did you guys AC working? You guys weren't in the. It went the, out. It went, went out, out a few times. You, it was fucking you, crazy. But were you, you guys weren't in the uh, the buildings that were nah. Because remember they had those metal buildings that they had like pig troughs out in them. <laughs> they they like tarp the sides and like try to ventilate air into them, and it was even nah. hotter inside than it was outside because they had a fucking metal roof. I'll never forget, dude. Fucking, I seen the dude from Guild Extracts walking around his boxers. And fucking Brandon from Third Gen was walking by, and we both started laughing. I took a picture of him. He's like, "Take a picture, dude." Stand there in his fucking draws. You know what I mean? It was wild. It was that fucking hot, bro? It and it was still packed, and people were still running around trying oh, to we buy. We moved weed. our booth like three times. I could feel our jars. The outsides were hot. Oh my! And God. I was freaking out because we're. Like, you know, I know what happens then. Things start to turn crazy colors. And, and so we're trying to get all the jars, like, in a freezer, refrigerator the second day. And, like, yeah, but, yeah, it's madness. They it, fixed it out. But, yeah, it was. It a, was a great event. It was oh, The weather event. was just crazy, bro. 
I don't even want to know what. But this is the issue. LA is so fucking whack that they, that's the only place you can have an event. If we could do an event like at Dodger Stadium or wherever, you know, wherever they would have a big event like that, we wouldn't have the power problems and all this shit. And, you know, they're just so worried about weed events in LA. You know, it's like we're the Mecca, but. We didn't realize how good we had it with 215, man. Yep. Should have just left it the way it was. Yep. It is what it is, you know? Even this thing with them supposedly, uh, what are they saying that they're supposed to decriminalize it federally or whatever? You know, it's just mm-hmm. gonna make the weed even more. It's just it it's gonna be one of those things where craft cannabis is gonna be really hard to get, and you're gonna have to really know the right people to get it as the years go on. That's the way I look at it. You know what I mean? It's, Everything's it gonna seems, turn into Seven Eleven weed, you know, eventually. Yeah, you know? it seems. It seems as so. But know? fuck it, you know, we know the right people to get the right shit. So hopefully, you know, we don't have to worry about that shit. You know what I mean? But. But it's not going to travel very far, so people yeah. further out are going to have but a it's hard like time even getting like it. Alien Labs, like I love their weed, mm-hmm. right? But it's like if I go to a fucking shop in L.A. and buy it, how many weeks out of harvest is that before it even gets to the shop? You know, by, yeah, by the time not, they trimmed it, bring it down it's from not the even north, the brand's fault. Packs, it's how yeah, the state exactly. Set it up. So it's like makes it impossible. I don't want to smoke like, it and be disappointed. You can only do shit so fast. Yeah, it sucks. Bro. Sometimes they'll take three to four weeks to get back to you. So you'll send it all away for testing, and you're waiting, and you're literally day by day, just like, can we put it out? 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 Can we put it? Okay, we can put it out. And you're like did they just sit on our test for a week or two or did they really take that long? You know? And so they're saying we're doing better. It only takes a week now. And it's like, yeah, but another week added on to, you know, trimming added on. And at the same time, they mandate when you're supposed to take your sample. Like they make it very difficult for you to really do a good job and put your best foot forward. They, they like weighing the pant. They want you to weigh the plant wet. And then you dry it and then you weigh it dry. Then you trim it and break the plant down. And then you weigh individual, like the trim, the buds. They want to know that nothing's getting stolen through the full process. They want you to ruin the But this is the thing. This is the thing they don't get. People who know the system don't give a fuck and figure it out anyway. And I'm not saying us. I'm just saying I know there's... So... It's not working. It needs to be fixed. And LA is such a progressive city. And we came out here for this. And cannabis is such a a crown jewel in LA. I just really hope they fucking do the right thing. But like you said, they never do, bro. We had it so good. It just sucks because we, you know, LA is one of the most, especially with like city officials and shit. Mm -hmm. The people that are pulling the strings, there's so much shady shit going on, bro, that it's like, it's money. You know, I'm hearing about, I mean, you see what happened to the fucking. The mayor, whoever the fuck it was in Adelanto, got in trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because dudes were dudes were paying just so they could get enough power to run their fucking facilities. And they were attorneys. I mean? Those guys were attorneys. They were attorneys. Wow. Backdooring. You wow. know, it's like that's so it's like. Yeah. I honestly, with a lot of my good friends that are really trying to make their shit work in the white market, I kind of just try to keep my opinion to myself because yeah. I don't really have nothing good to say. And just support them. No, for sure. Because I'm hoping they figure it out because those are the guys that, like, I know that are, are going to be the few guys that are going to put good weed mm-hmm. on the white market. You know what I mean? But then again, people got to remember, too, like, Jungle Boys gets a lot of flack for, like, you know, how their weed is compared to kind of how it used to be, like, in the streets. But it's like, bro, these guys are mass producing shit, bro. You can't make everybody happy. It's not easy to freaking mass produce weed like that and never going to come out like it's going to come out in like 10 lights or 
20 because even back then when we had facilities that were like 20 30 lights it was never one room it would be like three rooms with 10 lights each you know what i mean like you know and obviously for quality control so hoping it would be better you know instead of just trying to do it all in one room you know and those are the guys i mean i don't know I'm pretty sure there's dudes out there cultivating on a large scale that it still comes out pretty good because I know a few, but imagine that same weed like on a s- small scale. Fucking amazing. Yeah. You know? Oh man, I compare it to like, you know, making some type of artisanal product, right? And it's like you can make a small artisanal product that like your local city gets to try and they love you, right? But then at some point, if you want to take it to the next level, you got to make that product and try to scale it to where the world gets to try your amazing product that you've been working on and honing. And when that happens, that's the hardest part is like, okay, now the world wants to try it. And that's that's what they have is like they have such a landmark in L.A. that people come to L.A. from all over the world and like go to the Jungle Boys. You know, they're like such a landmark. It's for sure. It's great. It's great. It's awesome. And, yeah, uh, no, what they've created is definitely crazy. something amazing. Yeah. I've never seen grow rooms like that. I mean, even to this day, most growers, they're like, they'll flip up their phone and be like, look at what AC is this? How do you, which AC is this? Like, I've literally been in convos where they're like asking like, what are, what AC are they using for, you know what I'm saying? So for it's sure. every, even the small five light growers are still on there looking at like which trellis and which lighting and which, you know. But Everybody's trying to pick somebody's brain intellectual property theft is like you know well on one that of the new note, pandemics intellectual <laughs> property theft how many people have hit you up for platinum widow oh fuck <laughs> i think i'm definitely on the list somewhere in there but on a light note i'm pretty sure i've been in relationships with girls that like that not like their brother grew weed or something that you know after like a year hey, no <laughs> The girl, your girl, yeah. your date's like, what's up? Maybe you got ten guy? bands. So think about it. You know what yeah. I mean? I've done it for a couple people, but yeah, very few. The only people I, I've never charged anybody, but the only people I gave it to were just in case I were to lose it, so I could get it back. And it's been in, it's been that situation before, you know. Because even like shout out my boy Cat, you know what I mean? Uh, who you know is the main guy for Platinum Genetics who created the Platinum Widow. Even him recently, he was like, "Yo, let me get some cuts of the one you got because I don't know if it's." Still this one that I'm running, you know, I got so many different ones over the years. So it's like, it's hard, man. I give anybody props that's been able to hold on to genetics for like 20 years plus, bro. Like, that's not an easy job. That's this dog. guy right here. I know. That's, it's, and even it's that, it's hard, still, you know? I'm like juggling sometimes and losing shit here and there. And like, damn, I can't believe I lost that. You know? Yeah. It's so difficult. Right. So, it's a full, it's a part-time job. Just that. No, for keeping sure. Keeping shit alive. For sure. Like ha- half my nights are spent just keeping shit alive. Like, okay, hold on. Rotate this one in. Make <laughs> sure these are cuts. Okay, restart this mom because you just finished this. And it's like all this moving around and shit. And it's like, all right, just to keep that alive. Because right. hopefully we'll use that at some point. And if, dude, I've kept shit alive for two, three years. Never run it. Run it once. Realized it wasn't the right thing and killed it. That means I kept that thing alive for two years before I could get to it. Just because so you didn't I have to live in regret if it the wasn't. original animal could, you know, you know how shit is, bro. Yeah, you know how this yeah, game no, for is, sure, bro. Dude. People would love to hear like all the backgrounds and all the, you know, wacky shit. And I used to enjoy that oatmeal raisin you did. You still do that one? That's a good one, right? Yeah, that, no, that was good. Uh, big shout out, Canarado Seeds, man. That was a great one we chased down. Uh, Pack Odds and myself had. Yeah, they're definitely. 
We used to hunt seeds like crazy. Me and this dude, man, we would we would split everything. We go on these crazy seed hunts at Emerald Cup, and I, just, I, I got a lot invested in your seed collection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is, is is Pat God's like the guy that you're like when like you you grow it and then be like, here, I need you to smoke this and tell me if it's smoking He's or not. He's the tastemaker, right? So like that we talk about this a lot. And this would He's be a great. Pepsi that's challenge. a great point. Yeah, it's <laughs> a great point Sorry, to bring up to you, bro, because I kind of see you as that too, man. Is that like there's a lot of times like we've talked about this is a great comment to have is like there's tastemakers, there's cultivators, right? And then there's the guy that sells it, and sometimes they're not always the same person. Sometimes they are, right? But the tastemaker is someone who can smoke a strain and be like yeah, this is it. Or, mm, I don't know yet, man. Like I just, and even though you might, as a grower, you get your heart attached to it and you start thinking like, oh man, she was so pretty in the smell. And you start to hype it up in your mind, right? Sometimes you need that other person. A lot of times you do is to, to bring you back down to maybe she isn't what we thought she was, or yeah, you're right. She is a hitter. Let's just keep focusing on this instead of running 12 different kinds, 12 different strains and three rooms. You know how shit gets wherever you have a pound of 12 different strains versus focusing in on a platinum widow or focusing in on an oatmeal raisin. Right, right. Yeah, man, it's big time, big time. I'm I'm grateful for a lot of my relationships for being around a long time. Like, especially a big shout out to my guys from LA Kush Clinic. Like, they get so much weed from so many different people because there's a lot of dudes, especially like the guys from up north or certain growers from down here, like they don't want to deal with, with dealing with Instagram and messages and shit. So of course they want to give it to the delivery service and to the ones that are known for carrying the best shit. So like fucking with them, like I've been spoiled because I'm able to come in and try this, try that, you know, not everyone gets to do that. You know what I mean? So yeah, shout out to LA Kush Clinic. If you fucking with the delivery service in LA to buy your weed and it's not theirs, should definitely look into fucking with them because I'm pretty sure they got some of the best. I don't really know too much about all the delivery services in LA, but I know they definitely got some of the best. You know what I mean? Comes yeah, through there, you know, the they elephants, got a all the always. Team 10, you know what I mean? So I get to try a lot of shit, you know what I mean? Like without having to like travel here, travel there because these guys come to them or they go to those guys, you know? And I just get to go to the hub and get a little bit of this and a little bit of that, you know what I mean? Or my boy that works with them, shout out my dog, Zach. He's like, he's like me, connoisseur and real blunt, you know, kind of like Pat gods, you know, is it smoking, you know? So like, I'll even ask him before I buy it sometimes. Like he's, and he'll tell me, you know, like, yeah, like, exactly. Or, yeah, it's exactly. it, you know? But it smells good or it looks pretty right. or it's been hyped up and you don't know. And he he also has like an asthma, right? You have asthma? Yeah. But so, but I'm saying it works to his advantage. It's like a superpower because right, if, if motherfuckers have yeah. sprayed anything though, if people are playing games and sometimes I can kind of smell it or I'm trying to, I'm like, I don't know. Some of, and he can, within a couple hits, he's like, uh-uh. He knows immediately. Shit. It was just harsh. You can't just can't play with. Well, it goes like, back to earlier how you were saying you want the shit that smells like it tastes. Because mm-hmm. there's so many yeah. strains that you open up the bag, it's pretty, it smells good, and it just tastes like nothing. Yeah. It tastes like air. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, where's the terps, you know? Because I don't give a fuck. At the end of the day, I don't give a fuck how pretty it looks. No. Or fucking smells. I, I'm going to smoke it. It makes no it. difference. Yeah. Like, not look at it and fucking sit there and smell it when I want to get high. You know what I mean? It's Some people, taste that's good. number one for them. Looks. That's literally the top of the list is how I does it look. Those are called middlemen. <laughs> <laughs> looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm not saying no knock to the yeah. middleman, bro. I've made what's your list? Is it top flavor then potency or is it potency over it's flavor? Both. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh I don't know if I said on here, I think we might have been talking about prior to the podcast, but like right now my go-to is like mixing like some Z with some good OG. Just so like I can get that expansion on my lungs and get that kind of like panic attack high that I love, but at the same time hate. But like get some terps in there too, you know what I mean? So like what type of OG you been smoking? Uh, Billy Camber, the Elephants, um, my Ether Skywalker. Um, it's it's hard, man. There's not too many. It's it's have only you tried really the, a handful. Uh, rope Fuel by Burning Rope. I have because it's been at the shop. Fire, um, right? Um, Good OG. Um, I mean, I was mixing that with some Z and shit. And yeah, yeah. Rope Fuel is definitely fire. You know, Bobby. Shout out Bobby Trill. You know. You know Anything that Bobby's pushing out is going to be good. You know what I mean? Bobby's a kind of sorry, you know, like I've always had a really, cause you know, I met him early on, you know what I mean? In the Wii game and shit. So pretty much anything I know that he's pushing out, I know it's going to be something good, you know? So another tastemaker. Yeah, no, for sure. He's uh, definitely, he's definitely one of them. Oh, yeah. Learn these definitions sure. though. And you guys will see it. You'll start to see people and you'll see their roles and that everyone's just as important as the other person. People want to knock. We talked about this earlier. People want to knock like, Oh, he's not a grower. He didn't grow that. It's not always about that. The tastemaker is just as important. So is, so is the person in position to put that strain on. Some guys are just able to get your strain where it needs to get, you know, that right there is a skill. Yeah, you know, my guy. The guy who put Billy Kimber in, in Jungle Boys for the first time. And the guy who put that shit in Greenwood for the first time. Not the two mile orange. It's the truth. You know what Great I mean? Great strain. A lot of times people can be super connected, but that don't mean they're able to touch everybody else who is. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to go through the, the layers to get there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I deal with it all the time where I'm like trying to get to somebody, but not that easy. You know what I mean? You got to go through a couple other people. Plus, I still... Still trying to pride myself on the old school shit and not trying to jump fences to get to where I want to go. You know what I mean? Take care of who I got to take care of along the way. You know what I mean? I'm not just going <laughs> to shit all over your lawn and then fucking, my bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And nowadays, that shit's a whole other podcast in itself, you know, with Instagram and everything. Like before, we really, used, like I said, I used to go to friggin' the valley and get dropped off on the corner, not even knowing if Homeboy's going to come back with my money or my weed. You know what I'm saying? Get a fucking. Zip eight grams short just so I could smoke Kush or buy it off the guy at the rave for 30 bucks a gram and fucking smoke the whole thing with them just so I could smoke it because that's how Damn. bad I want to smoke it and how hard it was to get. You know what I mean? It's like these kids have no idea how good they got it now by being able to just call the delivery service and get some of the best weed in the game delivered to their fucking front door. I just don't have a clue how yeah. good you got it. You know what I mean? And there's still a few lingering guys that are still repping 215 growers and stuff like Cush Clinic, you know, LA Cush right. Clinic, like where you can really call them up. And I mean, I see, is that Mr. Cushington up there? That yeah. Jo- I mean, oh. Biff, fire. It's some blue Zushi in the jar, but yeah, the lemon, <laughs> up, the lemon up was, well, that was a surefire one, oh, which okay, is good, yeah. but I definitely enjoy the Cushington uh, lemon up. Yeah, a little more, a lot more, actually. They're both fire. Shout out Surefire. Shout out Mr. Cushington. But I'm going to be honest, bro. That's I should have bring that up, even though it's not an OG. That's some of the best weed I've smoked. And it just reminds me of the lemon tree, which I used to love getting because I would go to the weed events. Those guys are from Santa Cruz. So you don't get to see them all the time. We go to like High Times SF or maybe like 
one or two other events where you're going to see them with the booth, you know? And I always know they got good weed when like, you know, I'm a hustler. So it's like, I might bust your balls on the price a little bit, you know, it's 60 bucks an eighth, bro. You know what I mean? I don't give a shit, you know, but then they'll buy some widow off me or we'll just trade or something or, and I always love that lemon tree. I don't know if it's from the same family or same genetics or a rename or what, but it, it really reminds me of that, that lemon tree, that lemon up. It's fucking bomb. I love anything lemon terps. Even the orange tree I heard you talking about fire on one of the episodes. I'll never forget. I was at an event and I seen a Jay, the jeweler from Forefather Farms. And it's crazy about that guy is he doesn't have no taste or smell. Oh, he's really? Yeah, a lot of people don't know that, that about he him. He grows the great grenade. Yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. can't taste or smell anything. He's had COVID, I guess, since before COVID. But uh, <laughs> he's like, I think he's the one who told me. He's like, yeah, look at this weed. He shows me the orange tree. I'm Jay's like, the, the, the plug for porn stars. Oh, yeah. He's, he's the weed plug for porn yeah. stars. If you don't know who you're talking about, Jay yeah, the jeweler yeah. is. That's why they call him that. I used to follow one of his Snapchats. <laughs> yeah, on, yeah, so. he is a wild following. Yeah, so. Yeah, he's the plug. Tell us about it. No, I'm just, I mean, I got seeds. I admired the guy just seeing what he was doing, bro. He was like at secret sessions before the secret sessions. Like, I mean, that dude was putting in work. That's what I when mean. we showed up, he was the most established booth there already by far. Right. I mean, he was collabing with exclusive melts when we showed up to California, you know, they, they were really established and he was already breeding and the guys, he's just a legend in the game and he found his niche and he doesn't try to like like you don't see him popping up at random events and stuff. He he has his niche. He does his thing. Yeah, you know? I don't go to events, but even towards the end, I wasn't seeing him too much. Nah. But back to what I'm saying, I remember him yeah. just showing me that orange tree and me opening it up and looking at it and being like, where did you get this? And he's like, the booth is like somewhere over there. And they were like, because you remember some of those weed events, there were so many fucking booths, bro. You could walk around that shit all day. You're not going to be able to catch everybody, you know? Nah. And it sucks when you find out the guy you didn't catch have some of the best fucking weed in the event, especially when two days go by and your homeboy comes through to smoke you out. And you're like, where'd you get this from? And he's like, I got it from the fucking event. And you're like, where this fucking guy was? I would have liked to buy some of this, you know? And I went over there and bought a bunch of that orange tree and it was fucking bomb. And I think he's from Santa Cruz too, Greenlight. Yeah, Greenlight. And then eventually orange I would see him at, at events and he had other stuff. I forget, was it Bananamal or... Yeah, banana. Oh, yeah. I wish they would bring that strain back, yeah, the orange yeah. tree. I mean, that was the one orange strain that I was like, this shit has power behind right. it. Ooh. Platinum Tangy. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. that was that. We only got one taste of that and it was gone. Because the problem it. was, dude, that thing, we couldn't get rid of the seeds. Yeah, it happens. I, yeah, it just, it was like, if you've ever, well, I mean, you've heard Finicky. it. They've talked about it on the podcast before. It's like, you know, you, you know, you smoked the real cherry pie back in the day if it had seeds. If it didn't have seeds, but why do you think we're not seeing cherry pie? Or if they are, they're calling it something else. You know what I mean? But because it just had too many fucking seeds, bro. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, nobody, no matter how good the weed is, you got to taste a seed in there. It's like, oh, yeah. fuck, bro. Ruins everything. Worst taste ever, oh, bro. Shit. They'll never buy it again. <laughs> yeah, that for shit. sure, dog. That shit's dead after that. Yeah, so that's the reason why we cut that out. But that was one of my favorites because that was one of the only tandy strains that I've ever smoked. It had a kick to it. You know, Tangy's one of those things you just smoke for taste, and then you don't even smoke it as flour. You smoke it as extract. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember the first cut someone gave it of it, it was like, what the fuck is this? It grew like, I don't even, I should fucking out the dude because I don't like him, but, and we traded him for some Widow, you know, but yeah, it was like, I was like, does this thing yield at all? It had like nothing on it. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so yeah, I don't even, I, I don't even know where the, 
pretty sure they bred that, but I don't know where the tangy cut came from that they did that one with the platinum that tangy. But I still get people asking me about that that strain to this day. I think they still grow just very little of it. You know what I mean? The solventless market killed the uh, that kind of two everyone having their own booth and running their own strains right. now. The the wax market crushed so hard and everyone stopped like, you know, everyone talks shit about BHO and it stopped that now people are like, well, fuck it. Just run a GMO cross or, a, you know, so that there's so many factors that it's changed from two thousand boys. Yeah, <laughs> for real. I see you like extracts, though. I see you getting down on extracts a lot, bro. Oh, I do. But I liked BHO for a long time, too. Like, yeah. it was always more terpy to me. Yeah. Than like the hash. But where do you think it's going? Where do you think the market's going now? It's hard to say, bro. I just feel it's like crazy. I just right feel now. like the market lacks a lot of innovation right now. Like you know, like mm-hmm. um, that's one thing I can say I enjoyed about the interview you guys did with Ray, where he's just talking about like it's a bag seed fucking game. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of fucking strains out there that motherfuckers would get on Instagram and dead ass, but this times, this times, this times, this. Knowing that shit is a bag seed, bro. You didn't breed shit. Shut the fuck up. Show me any type of breeding process. You know what I mean? And and um. It's just like everything's lemon cherry gelato. And I don't even know if it's lemon cherry gelato because supposedly lemon cherry gelato is runs. But it's like, is runs even really gelato 41 crossed with Skittles? Maybe. I don't know. I never saw any breeding process. I any run, You know, actually, there has been one runs I've smoked one time that I could actually taste the Skittles in it. But yeah, everything is just, I'm even seeing people like lemon cherry biscotti and i'm like is that really crossing with the biscotti bro are you just still trying to get your six thousand a pound i get it you know what i mean but work on bringing us some lemon cherry biscotti too dog <laughs> like, don't just tell us you got it you know what i mean like like, yeah, like cowboy you can bro. And i'm not even them. saying they are because i don't like yeah, I, yeah. like we were talking early off camera i can't stand but even that, ogs are confused we don't yeah, even know I, sometimes i just can't stand people that get on instagram and and, and throw out their opinions and knock other people for what they smoke and what they put in their weed when they don't even fucking grow weed, bro. And you and you're you're acting like you know so much about something that you had zero to do with the grow process. Maybe you invested some money in the grow, but that doesn't make you a fucking grower. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So it's like I'm hoping we get some new strains, but like I'm just looking for good OGs to come back because or you know, maybe they'll bring back or supposedly they are gonna bring back that real bubba, you know what I mean? So I would love to try that because that's some just straight kush. I think it's dead, but we'll see. We'll see it's, too. It's, certain things have been gone so long that I'm skeptical. Like, of like, man, I don't know if that'll ever make it back. But I do. I I agree with you totally, man. Bring the old stuff back and let growers just grow. But that starts with the market. The market needs to support these growers so that we don't have to grow lemon cherry gelatos or we don't have to just grow whatever the most hype thing is right now. Because it's a lot of cap, you know, yeah. like. Just I get it. People want to focus on quality. Yeah, that's like, it. Like uh, who's putting out? I think Compound's been putting out some new stuff. Like that I tried that I liked. Mm. I don't really know what the origins of it was. That Pave I tried was good. There's a couple dudes that are you know Jay's Farms, the C Junkie guys, yeah, Jay Breezy's crushing. always doing new shit. Yeah. You know, but it just seems like I always end up with the lemon cherry gelato again. Like when I want to buy some good head smoke, I was like, fuck, bro. It's almost like I'd stay away from anything that I think is that. Even though we're doing it too, because of course everyone, it's a candy world right now or gas and that's what they want. But I just, you know, and it's like, you know, even like the rainbow belts, which I like, but it's not Skittles. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. It's fiddles. It's tough to, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You know? It's it like, is. It's that burly Skittles, you know? I want it that. Is. I want that Skittles. It's tough to find a good batch, I got too. No, no. Yeah, no, I like it. It's just, it's tough to find a good batch. Yeah. And then same with the Skittles, you know? Yeah. Like, I think. A lot of diet Z out there. Yeah, exactly, bro. Like, you know, I, anytime Kush can get some shit from Skittles, mm-hmm. from Fields and them's crew, I'm like, Yes, because you know this why, is going to be good, you know? You know why, though? It's because Shout out fields. Instagram collision course with the market all going towards production. So you got the biggest growers in the industry talking about what they use to grow. Well, it just so happens they're also running 300, 400, 500 lights. Right. right? So everyone in one to two to four lights wants to run the same thing as those guys. So starts to commercialize their smaller grows. And now you got this commercialized product across the industry and it's all tasting the same and everyone's growing similar stuff and everyone's kind of using the same lighting and the same nutrients and the same. So it's like before that, everyone had a secret formula. And they had a light that they had, oh, I know I like to use this light and I've used it for seven years. Right. You know, like everyone had their niche and so their weed would look different or smell different or taste different. Everyone's able to look at each other's grows and then just copy. Right. Or just hit us up and talk about it and then be like, oh, I'm just going to do the same thing. Yeah, it's like everything's a carbon copy of somebody I'm going to run the same strain as him. I've had oh, people yeah. literally tell me that. They get my formula and they're like, and what's, okay, I'm just going to run the same strain. It's like, well, Oh, okay. But you know, but that, that's what the, it's up to the growers and it's up to the market, but it does start with the grower. We do need some more originality. And I, there's just not enough dudes that are in it for the innovation or like just bringing good cannabis to the people at the end of the day ends up being a money game with everybody. And I get it. So they're going to grow what the people want to buy. You know what I mean? What's popular. You know what I mean? Instead of just because fuck, I'm sure, you know, breeding shit and giving up fucking real estate and your fucking grow to like find new strains and do fucking pheno hunts costs a lot of money, dog. Especially when you know you could just dial that same space in with shit that already fucking sells that people fucking love. But no, you're fucking taking an L not only for yourself to smoke the new best thing and for hope your company being able to bring out the new best thing, but for the fucking people so they could try the new best thing. And you guys don't just have to fucking smoke lemon cherry gelato for another fucking 10 years. Cause uh, trust me within a year, that's just going to be played out on your palate. Like it is on mine, but it's just like, so it's hard, you know, it's rough, but hopefully man, cause I haven't seen everything is just, Gelato, 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 you know, like especially like the breeding process. And then I feel like a lot of the dudes, and I'm not knocking none of them because some of them are real great at marketing that like breed and sell seeds. Bro, they sell seeds to these guys who have got little four by four and 10 by 10 tents in their fucking bedrooms in fucking Minnesota in the fucking attic. Don't even fucking know how to grow. So it's like, I never, they could be fucking just breeding crap and selling thousands of seed packs and no one will ever even know if it's good or not because it never even gets in nobody's hands who's like a good grower, you know what I'm saying? It has like the right facility to like grow enough of it to bring it to the masses to find out if we got the next best thing, you know what I mean? Here's the cheat code and this is the cheat code for breeders. You do a big release or you hunt it before, right? Like here's the real cheat code. You do a breeding, right? And then you hunt down a badass keeper, one that you're like, this is a wave. Right. Then you release the seeds and then you put that keeper. 
So you release the seeds. Everyone's chasing phenos. Everyone's looking, right? You take that keeper, though, and you put it in about five to ten of the best growers in the country's hands. And you say, this is the like Tropicana cookies. That cut is a pheno of that breeding. But guess what? That cut got pressed around so big that that's what we know as Tropicana cookies. We didn't like, yeah, there was a breeding of it. But right. we just know of the like the only one I ever liked was the mountain cut. See what I'm saying? And that, but that's the cut that got passed. Right. So it got passed because that. So that's the the cut is like breeders find that keeper and then release it so people can run their gardens right. full of it and hype him up. But yeah, man, originality is key, and Instagram killed a lot of that because people will copy what they see. A lot of times, breeders now. I know guys that will lie about the crosses because they don't want someone to try to remake it before they can get it to market. And then once the final menu's made up, they'll put what the really shit is. Like, oh, this is what really is dropping. It's like, that's how crazy it's gotten is you can't even really say what your next move is, even if it's a month out, because someone's going to try to do it first. And guys like us that are exposing it are hating. You know what I mean? It's like, I ain't hating. I'm just telling the truth, motherfucker. Oh, it's just the market, man. You know, Callie is in this hyper hyper state of like we're seeing it go a thousand miles an hour every other state maybe 250 miles an hour it's It's crazy it's crazy where things have gone even in just the last six months to a year bro it's crazy like everybody there wasn't enough weed and then everybody just now there's just people just overproduced there's just too much weed here now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and not enough good weed that's why the what people don't understand is Everybody thinks exotics are based off of how good the weed is. No, bro. Based off availability. That's why there's so much weed on the market. Should say this fucking fool's name, but I ain't gonna give him no more shine. It's enough fucking dick riders on the internet that it's like, if you can't obtain it, that's where the crazy price point gets in. You get guys like me and Pat Gods are still gonna buy it at least once. No budget gang. You know what I mean? And try it. And then we're all fucking disappointed because all these dudes were on the internet like, oh my God. And then you pay all this fucking money for it. So shout out to the dudes that are charging the high price point. And it actually does match. I'd never say it matches the price because I always think it still is oversold. But, you know, they're fucking going to sell their weed for as much as somebody is willing to give them. And I don't fucking blame them because there's not enough good fucking boutique cannabis on the market to where they the the customers can determine what they sell it for. They're going to get to sell for whatever the fuck they want. You know what I mean? But it just sucks when you get shit that's just hella hype and, you know, you, and it's not smoking. Yeah. You got you no taste. I mean? You got no taste. It's not smoking. You know, get what you can get, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Give I'll, buy yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll buy it once. Yeah. I'll buy it once. You're going to get me twice. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get me twice. That's, that's for damn sure. Yeah, that is for damn sure. And like I say, if you do get me twice, it's because somebody Shame fucking blessed it to me the first time. And I didn't get to smoke enough of it, so I bought it the second time, and then I got to smoke enough of it and had enough of it forever, especially at that price. You know what I mean? How do you know it's fire? Man, I like I want to get that expansion in my lungs, bro. Mm. I don't know if you ever see me on fucking Instagram hitting the blunt where I'm hitting it three times before I even exhale once. Like if that if I go to inhale that shit, my lungs are already, you know what I mean? Like runny nose, just. Tastes a lot too, but just like like he said, that to me, if it's smoking, mm-hmm. if my lungs feel like they're gonna explode, it's probably not a good thing. But you, the way I'm I'm hitting it to Rad. make them feel like that, you know what I mean? Then it's like I don't want to blow something out that feels like fucking thin air when I blow it out. You know what I mean? Like the fuck, you know? 
I'm not trying to get the euphoric. I'm good on the euphoric high, my boy. Trying to get high for real. You know what I mean? Call <laughs> yeah. whatever you want. Chemicals. The terps, exist, the terps uh, has yeah. everything to do with the psychoactive traits of cannabis, and for that's. Sure. People that are active or got stuff going on or right. do creative things or anything like that. That's what they're in tune with is the, the the fresh cannabis that has the psychoactive traits, you know. And I feel like the Terps activates it to your mind, you know what right. I'm saying? So, you know, you could get all technical and stuff, but just as a smoker, you know, and I speak mainly for smokers and stuff is like, that's what we enjoy. Right. You know, that's what we want. You oh, know? So sure, it's, like, it's just like consumer behavior and just analyzing it. And when I speak generally out they take it as oh that's your opinion it's like no this is my observation right what i've seen you know the market and there's gonna be more trends and patterns and things like that and that's the only way you can get ahead of the timing on anything that's progressive i feel like for sure dude for sure and it's so rare to find weed that just tastes like it smells now too Like, man, yeah, that's like the ultimate checkoff. It's right. like, how does it? We definitely when I say it, is it smoking. That basically means like, does it taste good? Like, does right. it every hit? You know, is it? Right. And then even halfway through the joint, it might die off. Right. And that's that's where you're talking about that, like the air and shit. And I know what you're talking about too. Is like, that's you know, I feel like that's they're pushing the plant too hard, and then now right. it just tastes like fucking air. Lost all the terps, you know. So could be great amazing weed sm- smells great all that but the ultimate test is lighting it up and just smoking a joint of it still to this day that's the ultimate test right and it's crazy because they could just be doing one thing wrong that's messing it all up like mm-hmm. the cure whatever it may be you know what i mean yeah but if it's already to the point where you get all these fucking motherfuckers hyped on it willing to pay whatever if it's not broken they're not going to fix it they're just going to keep selling it for the same price they're not going to go back and do more R&D to try to make it better. You know what I mean? They're just going to keep putting out whatever they're putting out because it has a demand and people are paying for it, even though it's gotten less good over the years or whatever it may be, you know? Yeah. But, Same with the infused joints. Everyone thinks that, well, the market oh, just wants infused joints. And it's like, no, they just want a good quality joint, but that's not available. So instead of that, they'll take a joint rolled in keef and dipped in hash oil. But because there's not a good joint available just to smoke some fire flour pre-roll, that's not available. But they're like, well, no, no, they want to get fucked up and they want to smoke a 0.5 dipped in keef. You take four hits and you're at the filter. Like I'm smoking these wacky things where I, I end up smoking three joints. I literally bought a four pack of joints and smoked all four because I was like, that's about one real joint. And I'm, you know, and I'm just like, this can't be what it's come down to is these like quirky products instead of just, you know, it's like taking a lobster and frying it and then dipping it in 10 different sauces, then (laughs) frying it again, then breading it, you know, and then, and then laying it. And it's just like, Jesus, did you do enough? Right. You know, instead of just putting it in, just rolling some, but you're right. It's it's it, the market has fooled itself on some things and been like, no, that's what people want. It's like, nah, nah, you know. Yeah, backpack boys, shout out Cat and Co. Yeah. They probably got like the best pre roll out on the market right now with everything that they kind of put out. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's like some smaller companies that do like some more boutique type pre rolls, but as far as like mass produced pre rolls, they have the best ones, especially the ones they do with the Billy Kimber, the Kimber Cannons. Those are, I'll smoke those, you know, and I don't smoke pre rolls. Billy Kimber you know I mean? crushed LA when yeah, it came out. Sure. Fire strain. I was chasing back seeds of that for a while trying to get shit. <laughs> shit, man. Anything while we're wrapping up? Any shout outs? Uh, shout out to you guys, man, for smoking the day, for having me. Shout out Blackleaf. Shout out Pat Gods. Shout out my boys from Platinum Genetics. 
uh, people's from LA Kush Clinic. Uh, I didn't bring them up on this podcast, but shout out my boys from the Cannabis Brothers, my boy Cannabis Gardener, Paiso Grow. Those guys bring me to all the weed shows and let me set up in their booths and do my thing. You know what I mean? They never had to do that. And tell me Besco from Silica, or that used to do Silica. And shit, that's about it, man. You already know, man, for real. It's Ether, OG Ether, episode 45, right here at First Smoke of the Day, Sipling Showroom. Peace. What's up? I want to take a second to talk about Grow Generation, the largest hydroponic retailer in the country, over 60 stores nationwide. Go to growgeneration.com and enter in the code First Smoke. Become a part of the family. Let's go where the pros go to grow. Hey, calling all breeders and growers to the world's largest online seed bank, neptuneseedbank.com. Check out this. I got goodies from all the best breeders in the market. To go here and change your game in your garden, go to NeptuneSeedBank.com. You can get Blackleaf and you can get all the best breeders in the game. NeptuneSeedBank.com, first smoke of the day sent you. Let's talk about Athena, one of the number one nutrient companies in the world, Athena Nutrients. Blackleaf, tell them how you use IPM in your garden. Athena IPM, one of the best products out right now for IPM management. This product passed testing for legal facilities and is what is what I use in my garden. Blackleaf approved, Athena IPM. This product and all other products, AthenaAG.com. Go check them out. Appreciate you guys. Yo, welcome to the Diamond Mine. The DiamondMine.LA, California source for boutique genetics. Powered by yours truly, Blackleaf. And you know what that means? That means I'm bringing my best genetics into this. I'm bringing stuff I've been hiding, harboring away, stuff I haven't wanted to let out. We're bringing all that into the diamondmine.la and we're gonna offer that to California. Go on our website, hit the newsletter and see if you could rock with us. Get on board with some of our genetics and change your garden. The diamondmine.la powered by Blackleaf. We're here holding Power SI, and we want to talk a little bit about what this can do for your garden. It's a game-changing product I use in my garden. Foliar, res feeds, I recommend it to all growers. This is a game-changer. Go to Power SI and enter in the code FIRSTSMOKE to get a discount. Yo, we're right here at TLC Collective, home of the Jungle Boys, where they've been playing with fire since 2006, right here in Los Angeles, California. It's at Jungle Boys on all social media, jungleboys.com, and if you want to see for yourself, come right here to TLC Collective, man. Let's check it out.